Welcome to Divine Inspiration by Dantisha James. Today we are going to talk about we need God's mercy. Yes, we need God's mercy. That God is not of himself already alienated from man. And John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. His attitude towards the sinner does not need to be changed by his efforts. And um, atonement is necessary consistently with God's holiness and for his righteousness sake. And that the atonement, his grace and love have provided in the atonement, the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. Man himself is a sinner justifully exposed to God's wrath. In John chapter three, verse 36 says this, whoever believes in the son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the son will not see life for God's wrath remains on them as Lightfoot says, when the New Testament writers speak a length on the subject of divine wrath, the hospitality is represented not as in the part of God, but of man. Through that which God has accomplished in Christ by his death, man is becoming regenerated, escapes the murdered wrath of God. And through his voluntary exploratory sacrifice in the shedding of his blood under the divine judgment on, upon sin and through his resurrection, Jesus Christ has become the mercy seat for his people. So let's get into the word of God. You ready to get into the word of God? Let's go into Luke. Luke chapter one, verse 50 says this, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. It is the fur which is due undoful child has of kind and visit victorious father a fear of injuring his feelings of dishonoring him by our life of or doing anything which his would disapprove him disapprove us to him it is on those who have such fear of god that his mercy descends this is the fear of the lord which is the beginning of wisdom from one age to another, it is the it is the unseasoned, it is continuous abundance, but it means also more than this. It means that um, God's mercy would descend on the children's children and children's children of those who fear him and keep his commandments. In this respect, it is an, an unspeakable privilege to be descended from devoted religious parties and to have been the subject to the um, prayers and to have received their blessings. It is also a matter of vast guilt not to copy their example and to walk in their steps. If God is disposed to show mercy to the thousands of generations, how heavy will be the condemnation if the children of devoted parents do not avail themselves of it and are early seeking his favor. In Titus chapter three, verse four through eight, let's get into the word of God. Titus chapter three, verse four through eight, the word of God says this, but when the, but when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared. He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become hearers having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy sin, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. 
You hear that? It is excellent and profitable for everyone. So Apostle Paul is summarizing what Christ does for us when he saves us. We move from a life full of sin to um one, one where we are led by God's Holy Spirit. All of our sins, not merely, some are washed away. No, washing refers to the water of baptism, which is a sign of salvation. In becoming a Christian, the believer acknowledges Christ as Lord and recognizes Christ's saving works. We gain eternal life with all its treasures. We have renewal by the Holy Spirit and he continually renews our hearts. None of this, none of this accords because we earn our deserving. You hear that? None of this accord because we earn our deserving because none of us deserve it. But let's keep it going on. It is all God's gift. All three persons of the Trinity are mentioned in these verses because all three participate in the work of salvation based upon the redemption work of his son. The father forgives and sends his Holy Spirit to wash away our sins and continually renew us. Apostle Paul stresses that believers must devote themselves to doing good. Paul understood good works as faithful servants, acts of charity, or in involvement in civil affairs. While good works can't save us or even increases God's love for us, they can, they can, they are true indicates of our faith and love for Christ. So Paul did not make this as aspects of discipleship optional. Service to others is requirement. Everyone who is a Christian should be involved in service. If our father, the king of kings and the Lord of lords come down and he came down to serve us, surely as his children, we should be serving our community. We should be serving an elder. We should be serving someone. We should be servants too. Amen. Amen. So let's get back into the word of God. In Galatians chapter six, verse 15 through 16. Um, the word of God says this, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision mean anything. What counts is the new creation, peace and mercy to all who follow this rule to the Israel of God. It is easy to get caught up with externals. Be, be aware of those who emphasize actions that we should or shouldn't do with no concern for the inward condition of the heart. That was what's wrong with the Pharisees and Sadducees. They, they was looking good on the outside. Everybody was looking, at, looking up to them on the inside, but they was filthy rags in their heart. Their heart was still hard. Their heart was still bitter. Their heart was still envy. Their heart was still jealous. They wasn't no child of the Most High God because they wasn't. They really wasn't thinking him. They was thinking after his word, but the word doesn't change them. The Holy Spirit changed us as we draw close to God, and God sent his spirit upon his children. Hmm. Let's keep going on. And so living a good life without the inward change leads to shallow or empty spiritual walk. What matters to God is that we be completely changed from the inside out. Let me say it again. What matters to God is that we be completely changed from the inside out. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. To the Israel of God, the term refers to all God's people under the new covenant. Both believing all, I mean, both believing Jews, believing Jews and believing Gentiles 
all who through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ are crucified to the world and become new creatures. You hear that? We are crucified to our old self. We are crucified who we used to be. We no longer desire those ways. We no longer desire to be there. We desire like Abraham, let God say, leave your kin folks behind. We don't want to copy those behaviors no more. We want to copy the behaviors of our Heavenly Father. We want to go where he says us to go. He, we want to do what he tells us to do. That's what God's children do because our heart has been changed and he changed us and we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go and say amen to you with you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's keep going on. And so Jesus Christ are crucified to the world as believers and become a new creature consistent to the true Israel of God. Let's get back into the word of God in Matthew chapter 9 verse 11 through 13. The word of God says this. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners on hearing this? Jesus said, it is not the health, healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. He didn't come to, to get the righteous. He didn't come to get your religious rituals. He didn't come to get what your man made made. He is God all along. He don't need your effort. We need him. My God. So the Pharisees consistently tried to trap Jesus. And they thought his associations with these low, low lives was the perfect opportunity. They were more concerned with their own appearance of holiness than with the helping people, with criticizing them, encouraging them encouragement, with outward respect, respectability, then practical help. But God is concerned for all people, including the sinful and hurting ones. The Christian's life is not a popular contest. Let me say it again: the Christian's life is not Christian's life is not a popular contest. Following Jesus' example, we should share the gospel with the poor. And with the poor, with the immoral, with the lonely and um, outcasts is not just to the rich, morale, popular and powerful. God says many times that he doesn't want our gifts and sacrifice when we give them out of the rituals of hypocrisy. God wants us first to love and obey him. That's it. So all the religious rituals you do, that's not going to get God's attention. What's going to get God's attention is when you love him and when you obey him. How do we love and obey God? We build a relationship with him intimately and build a relationship consistently seeking the kingdom of God first. And he helps us gradually day by day. Every day, every night, every afternoon, if we can, we pray and talk to our Heavenly Father and we draw a relationship with Him and He helps us draw close to Him. And that's what He wants out of believers. He wants us to draw and love Him and obey Him. That's what He wants first. So let's keep going on. So let's look at this obedience versus sacrifice. Obedience is far better than sacrifice. God doesn't want burnt offerings. He wants our long, lifelong service. God isn't interested in the penance. He wants a broken and contrite heart. It isn't sacrifice God wants. He desires our obedience and promises that he will be our God and we will be his people. God doesn't, let me keep going on. God doesn't want sacrifice. He wants our loving loyalty. He doesn't want offerings. He wants us to acknowledge him. God hates pretense and hypocrites. 
He wants to see justice roll on like a river. God is not satisfied with offerings. He wants us to be fair and just and merciful and work humbly with him. God doesn't want sacrifice. He wants us to be merciful as he was merciful for us. In Romans chapter 3, verse 25, it says this. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. And so Christ is our sacrifice of atonement. In other words, he died in our place for our sins. God is justifiably angry at sinners. They have re rebelled against him and cut themselves off from his life-giving power. But God declares Christ's death to be appropriate, designated sacrifice for our sin. So Jesus Christ then stands in our place, having paid the penalty of death in for our sins, and he completely satisfied God's demand. His sacrifice brings pardon, deliverance, and freedom. It was victorious on the cross as Jesus Christ fought against and, his, and was trumpeted over the power of sin and Satan and his demonic host that held people captive. So no longer are we connected to the Satan. No longer are we in bondage of sin. No longer are we the old person. No longer are we designed the old desires that we did in our own flesh and our carnality self because God created us in clean heart. His power is much more stronger than Satan. The more we draw close to him, the more we be set free indeed. But it's our actions to do it. Mama can't save us. Daddy can't save us. Grandma can't save us. Grandpa can't save us. Their religious can't save us. We got to have that relationship with God ourselves. Ourselves. Yes, ourselves. So let me keep going on. And so he liberated us from the enemies that hold the human race in bondage of sin, death, and Satan, making us free to serve God. Jesus Christ's sacrificial death accord potentially for all people. You hear that? See, accord potentially for all people, but all people does not believe. So let's keep going on. But only actually for individuals who through faith accept Jesus Christ and his death for them. See, it's only through Jesus Christ, only people who believe and accept him and believe that he died for their sins and he rose up in three days that we, that he is our savior, that he is our rock, that he is our shepherd, that he changed us, that we have been born again as believers and we bad in him and he abide in us and we continue to be fruitful regardless of what people believe. We follow the Holy Spirit leading us, not what man may say, not what religious say, not what they made up. We believe what God says in his word by faith. And if we say it's ours, we're going to receive it. We're going to get it. So we are blessed because God said we are blessed. We are the head because he said we're the head. He, we, the, we lend us because he said that we are lend us. He said that we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers by the grace of God. My God, my God, my God. Hey, now. <laughs> and so God also shows mercy by actively helping those who are miserable due to circumstances beyond their control. We see this aspect of mercy, especially in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. He healed the blind and the leapers. These acts of healing grew out of his attitude of compassion and mercy. Finally, because God is merciful, he expects his children to be merciful too. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Divine Inspiration. God bless you. Bye.